Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to all of our wonderful listeners out there. Depending on where you're, what time and what time zone you're listening from, we welcome you to the latest installment of the Rare Flicks podcast. So the, the most measured opening I think we've ever had. Just our not quite our, our NPR opening from a few few moons ago, but it's pretty close. How are you, Josh? I'm just dandy. Dandy AF. Um, we are down a voice tonight. Cody has a, he's currently in the air. He's in the air. He's flying in a plane to go to Arizona to attend Trump's, uh, campaign rally tonight. He's, he's been, you you know, you know, as well as I have Josh, he's been saving for this for months for the plane ticket and the room and the lodging. And, you know, he's, we couldn't be happier for him. He's finally getting to live out his dream. Um, so, and this is, I'm pulling a fast one on you, Josh. We have a guest host tonight. Oh, we do? We do. Everybody, put your hands together for the Real Flicks podcast intern, Tim. Come on over, Tim. Hello, it's me, Tim. How you doing up there? Fuck off, Tim. What's, what's this guy's deal, Mason? I don't, I don't know, Tim. I really don't know. Sounds like a bitch to me. Tim, come on. Below the belt. Okay, Tim? Okay, Tim. Can we just please be civil? Civil. Only only retards like Civil War. All right, Tim, can you just please... I, I know. Could just go away, Tim. All right, you, you lose your privileges. Get out of here, Tim. Sorry about that, Josh. I don't condone what he says, but, you know, he works for free. And by free, I mean I have to spit in his mouth for a few a few, few days, but whatever. No why does deal. Tim? Why does Tim sound like a dog? He's part, <laughs> he's part Pomeranian. I just didn't want to. You can't really tell, but he's very sensitive about it. Now, is um, he? Was he raised by Beavis or Butthead? Butthead. He's okay. very. Honestly, people get that mixed up a lot, and he gets upset by it. Okay. You just you caught him on a bad day. You know, you caught him on a bad day. He really is. Ho- he's really pulling for uh, Joe Arpaio to. To get pardoned, you know, that's where we came. That's where he came from. He's in a work study, so um, maybe we'll check in with Tim later as the night goes on. But he's just gonna go back to clipping my toenails and making them into a stew. But um, what is going on today? So, as something that happens a lot with this show, um, as recently as a few weeks ago, when Phil Lord and Chris Miller were bumped off Han Solo, we have we were greeted by some breaking news. <laughs> that is just as bizarre and stupid, and we're going to talk about it because how Do can we you have not? To? It's like staring oh. into the sun during an eclipse. How can you not? You just gotta. <laughs> Let's POTUS this up. Um, Josh, can you just give us the bare bones of this? Uh, I don't. Uh, okay. I, I feel uh, like if I, I say it, my teeth will just start to rot. So yeah. basically. What Warner Brothers is doing, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really one of those in-the-works things because they do those for everything. So I have a feeling this isn't even going to happen. At least I hope so. Um, they're, they have uh, – what's his name? Todd Phillips. Yeah. Um, guy who did The Hangover. Um, and uh, The Hangover so, Trilogy, please. Give it some respect. <laughs> um, and uh, the writer of – I think it was 8 Mile. Uh, they are working together on a Joker origin movie. It's going to be set in the 80s. Um 
and it's supposed to be kind of this new wave of DC movies, kind of separate from the DC Cinematic Universe. That's kind of just going to be a one-off thing, where they're just going to do a bunch of isolated movies with different actors and different characters and different stories that have nothing to do with the uh, Zack Snyder uh, cinematic DC universe, any of that stuff. It's just going to be its own thing. And uh, Martin Scorsese is producing it, possibly. Um, and it's you know going to be a completely new actor as the Joker. I don't really... Now let's, Dec- hold on, let's, let's go through... You, you let's, give your thoughts. Let's count the red flags in this story. Okay. So the first you got Todd Phillips, who is not the man he once was. Hangover is a is a comedic classic, you know. I didn't, I think I, that's it's been it's gotten its due there. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot like a How I Met Your Mother episode that aired like 3 years earlier, but that's probably a copy of something, but case in point, in terms of comedy in comedic movies, it's a classic at this point. Whether or not you like it, you can it's had a a second life and it's it's stayed in the conversation and it's shaped a form of sense of humor. So, but he, then he made the two more, and then he made War Dogs, which I didn't see, but looked terrible. And I I like War Dogs. Yeah, I mean he's I think Todd Phillips is like if <laughs> Todd Phillips and Adam McKay both tried to do similar things, like moving from the he kind of went the way he kind of went yeah they downhill. both like yeah. start off like oh we're gonna make these raunchy you know very what raunchy comedies with like the same kind of core cast and then we're gonna you know. Oh, let's. I'm gonna try to do a serious movie, and Matt Adam McKay's worked, and people are like, oh, let's. He's great. Let's take him seriously. War Dogs didn't really work, and didn't really not work. It's just kind of in an in between area. So, I guess they're. I guess he's a good choice for this in a way, because maybe he's yeah, trying to I, stretch his legs or something. But outside of yeah. Hangover Two, I've liked everything he's done. So. Yeah, I mean, didn't he have? He had a bunch of. Um, he did. He did. Um, What's it called? That movie from a million years ago with Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah, old the, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I like old school is great. Hangover is one of my favorite comedies. Um, I like Hangover three, even though everyone else doesn't. Um, and then a uh, due oh, date. Yeah, he made Starsky uh, and Hutch too. That's eh. I like that movie. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's dumb. But I don't know. Owen Wilson does something for me. <laughs> but that's fine on its own. And the right, if you so if you tell me the writer or the director of The Hangover and the writer of Eight Mile. And Martin Scorsese team up to do an '80s hard-boiled crime thriller. What am I going to say to that? It's yeah, that sounds like a pretty good pairing. Scorsese can, you know, n- make sure Phillips doesn't suck, and you know, keep an eye out on things. And the writer who's done good work of, uh, I'm not sure what he's written outside of Eight Mile, but that sounds like a good idea. But, but yeah, then here comes the big butt. It's a big ass. It's a Nicki Minaj style butt. Um, Jesus. Where it's just like that can't even be real. Uh, oh, this Scott Silver also wrote the fighter. Why isn't that the? That should be the, in the writer of not Eight Mile. It's like, eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, but when you say, hey, this is also a Joker origin movie, which the best part about the Joker is that he doesn't have an origin like his his line in killing joke about if i'm gonna have a past i prefer to be multiple choice which kind of carried over through the dark knight um that just is stupid and i know i'm gonna contradict myself later i can spoiler alert but joker shouldn't have an origin and that's coming from a batman purist who is i mean he and 
he's in Spider-Man and kind of Superman are the only superheroes I really give a shit about. So that's kind of I'm coming from a very biased perspective. But what do you think about a Joker origin story, Josh? And just keep it to the origin story. We'll get to the casting later. I mean, I'll honestly I feel the same way about this as I do Venom, and that I'm just gonna like not see it unless I mean I I don't I, there's a good team behind this on like the Sony that whole disaster that's going to happen next October. Um, but this, I, I mean, as a standalone movie, this could be cool. Um, I'm like you. It's like, I don't, I don't want an origin. It's like, and also we got an origin movie for Joker. It's called Batman 1989. Um, and th- that was a good movie. Uh, that was enough origin for me for one lifetime. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not interested in an origin story. I know a standalone Joker, just a Joker movie. I think that could be cool, but like even then, I'm just like I don't. I, he's a supporting character. Yeah, he yeah. works with Batman. Mm-hmm. I don't really want him on his own. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, to, I, when I so, saw this, I tried to think of stories. Um, like there's not like the Killing Joke is the closest thing, and that's a Batman story. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and I I I've been trying to think of instances, not just instances of Joker stories, but Joker stories where he wasn't. He didn't have to deal with Batman, and I couldn't think of any, but fundamentally, I'm not opposed to a Joker spinoff. Like, I'm not opposed to a solo Joker movie under the stipulation that it has, it can't be about the Joker, you know? Like, there's this, there's a story, um... What do you mean? Uh, there's, there's an episode of the Bat- Batman the Animated Series in, uh... I think it's a comic. It's called the Joker's Five Five Way or Highway Revenge or whatever, where this guy kind of saves the Joker's skin early on, and the Joker just kind of torments him because he owes him a favor or something. I'm butchering it, but it's something like that. Where I think it could work. It could work if you get like a central character, and then the Joker just gets in this random. Oh no! That now I know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. I think it's just called Joker by Brian Azzarello, where you go through like. Uh, see, like you go through this story of one, uh, m- like mobster hitman who the Joker just randomly s- likes, you know, and you experience a story through his point of view, and you see the Joker. He interacts with Batman a little bit, but a lot of it's just Joker and this other guy, uh, Frost or something like that. I think that could work. Um, so, like I said, I'm not fundamentally opposed to a Joker spinoff, but a Joker spinoff not set in the DCEU with another actor playing the character. That snowballs into a mess <laughs> and something that just sounds really like you're trying to do way too much here. You're trying to you're trying to help help audiences understand that not just that this is a spinoff and this takes place before you know the Suicide Squad or whatever Jared Leto does, but this doesn't even tie into that at all. And you're trying to do that at the same time as you're making your main canon, uh, like storyline of of movies, you know. That's like yeah. doing, it's like doing a live action uh, Miles Morales, but it's not tied into Avengers, you know, or the yeah. MCU. It just sounds like they're it sounds like they're trying to do way too much here. Yeah, it's like I'm I've always thought it would be a cool kind of idea for just one studio, whether it's Marvel, DC, uh, whatever, a Dark Horse, whatever, some comic book studio, to just kind of say. F the whole shared continuity universe thing. 
and just kind of do kind of well i mean it would be like all cast all the roles but kind of just you know forget about trying to set up a whole like 16 part storyline or have a bunch of crossovers just like tell individual stories and um you know just have it all be do do something similar to what they're trying to do with this so this is kind of, i think this is probably going to be the first in a kind of we're going to hear probably more things that are similar to this they're not like connected to anything yeah um but and i think that's a cool i think it's a cool concept it's just yeah. i don't don't do it while you're doing this other universe yeah. like I, just if if they if they said we're justice league is the last movie or i guess aquaman is the last movie and then after that it's like okay this universe is done they it, wait a year and then they say okay now we're gonna do these yeah. kind of things and even I'd that's a hard sell but like how do they explain this idea to people while the two oh, series are, are running confused. parallel people are gonna be confused out of their minds i know and i am just thinking about it and i you know, I'm a movie podcaster and I watch yeah. movies and I know movie news and I'd still like, what? How's this going to work? I, I think, I mean, personally, I, if I, I as a viewer have no problem watching six different versions of the same kind of franchise or universe at the same, going at the same time, because I don't really care, but I'm the minority on that. And I know most people, like, I guess you, they, they don't, you don't want that. You don't want to see that. You're going to be confused. It's like people, the average person, if I told my dad that, they're gonna be there's gonna be a Joker movie, um, and then there's also gonna be like a, a Superman movie, and then there's gonna be a Batman movie. Like there's gonna be all these different movies, and then some are like in a universe together, and then some aren't, and then this one is just like an individual. It's like nobody has the, yeah. first of all nobody has the time to keep track of that. Uh, nobody has nobody cares enough outside of the main comic book fans to like keep up with all of these kinds of things because at that point you're making so many of these comic movies, you're gonna have like 20, 30 a year. And it's just there. It's I say hold off on this stuff. Just keep it in the development. Or if you're gonna do it, I don't love Jared Leto as Joker, but bring Jared Leto into it and yeah. put it in the universe. Or just recast Jared Leto and just keep doing. I don't know. Whatever. Do whatever you want to do. Or put, put it, it in on. The universe. Put it on TV. Or put make it an animated movie. I don't know. Yeah. Put it. Do it in H. Partner with Netflix or HBO or, do a, or something. Yeah, do a miniseries. So know. there is a divide. Okay, that's movie and this is TV Joker. But yeah. do, do TV Jokers. And by the way, well, I, I don't want there to be two active Jokers. I don't know. That's just a that's a personal I mean, preference. Te- but technically, there are. They already are. They have the Gotham one. Well, that doesn't count because um, eh. nobody no nobody watches that show. Yeah, that's true. That, that show is completely out of the zeitgeist i'm sure I, i'm sure most I, people don't even know that show is airing i watched six episodes and i was like nah yeah, can't i can't do it anymore the, i watched the first season and i still don't know why <laughs> i thought it was like oh this will get good and it's like oh no it's terrible okay cool um but yeah for there to be two jokers it's just no just 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 no because again that leads into the we talk about the confusion of it. it's like which who belongs to what and which one am i supposed to care about and oh why isn't ben affleck in this one and you know it's it's a bad idea, and you don't need to be a movie fan to know that this is a bad idea. And that's the thing that they're and they there's no way they can sell. It. You can have you can do ninety t- you know TV interviews and cover stories and articles and trailers and spell it out for people, and I can guarantee you, five out of ten people going to see the movie won't understand what exa- what exactly exactly it is they're doing, and that's dumb. That's just dumb, and that's just yeah. it's, this is just. DC, whenever they seem to get, like, they think that th- it seems like they're ahead of the ball. And then they fuck up. Yeah, and then they just, like, swing and it's just a big swing and miss. And, like, any momentum they have, they kind of ruin. 
Like itself. I said, like, I don't Reeves, think this movie's. I don't think this is gonna happen. I know they got like a million movies in in development, and Scorsese like doesn't. He's notoriously flaky when it comes to movies in general. Like he's had, he and DiCaprio have lined up like five yeah. different projects to do next, and none none of them have worked out for whatever reason. So, and just Scorsese producing a DC movie is just that seems wrong to me. I don't. I know that's just me being a purist, but no, stay away. Don't do that. Why? That's. I mean, if anything is going to make me think this has the potential to be good, it would be that. I know it's just that's not his thing, you know. And I, I don't like putting filmmakers into a ma- box, mafia but... movie. Are you kidding me? That sounds exactly like this thing. But yeah, that's like I said earlier. That sounds fine. If you tell again, if you tell me Silver writing the script, Phillips directing, Scorsese producing, crime, eighties drama, I'd be like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. But when you throw Joker in there, it just that I don't I don't like it. And that's just a purely aesthetical and you know subjective kind of a thing. I just don't like. I would like him doing not DC and Marvel movies. Just do Scorsese movies while we still have you around to make Scorsese movies, you know? Um, but whatever. It's it's a stupid story. It doesn't make sense, and it probably will never happen. But... Yeah, like this and... Um, what's it called? The Gotham City Sirens. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And then the whole... the. Don't think the cyborg movie is ever gonna happen. No, who gives a uh, shit about cyborg? Uh, he let him, he should be their Hulk and just like he shows up in the big movies, but nowhere else. He works in small doses. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's that interesting. And Ray Fisher does not look good. I don't. He think. looks like he's good. I, don't, I I haven't seen him in anything to make to make me. Think he's, he's a Broadway good actor. I'm, I, he has my face. <laughs> big fan of Broadway, that Josh Needle. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get on a stage and act without any cuts for. Two and a half hours. You're a good actor. Are you? <laughs> are you aware that Neil Patrick Harris has been on Broadway? Yeah, I still hate him. Okay. Is this a bad time to tell you about my Broadway play or no? I'll just I'll save it for later. Um. Okay. So this story, it's, it's just, it's stupid. Moving on. Did we ever get? Do we, we ever get you on the record about the Disney app, Josh? About how they're pulling from Netflix? Are you still mad about that? Yeah. Would you like to talk about why? No, I'm just. It's not that. Di- like I said, it's not that. De- it's not the fact that Disney's doing it. It's the fact that more and more are going to do it, because we're going to get to the point where every studio is going to have an app, and it's going to completely defeat the purpose of having a streaming service, which is to have maybe one or two or three that kind of pull from everywhere. Well, you had to expect this would happen at some point, right? No, I didn't. I thought people would, you know realize why people are spending money on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and continue to... So you're telling me you really didn't think that Disney was going to want to keep all their, their content to themselves? No. Never, never crossed my mind. Oh, come on. That's, that's so obvious. You, When you have a library, you don't... Why, why just cut out the middleman? Because you think people aren't going to watch Disney stuff? Like, I'm not speaking to you, but like, as from their perspective... Well, we've got, you know, The Lion King, and we've got all Pixar stuff, so why do we even need to use Netflix? I mean, why don't we just go... Considering that right now Netflix source? is, like, talking to Disney about keeping their Marvel and Star Wars stuff... I don't think that's going to happen. I, I unless, think that's probably going to happen. Unless this was, like, a scare tactic, and they're like, oh, well, I guess you better pay us for Marvel and Star Wars. And Netflix is like, ugh, fine. And maybe it was kind of like a bargaining chip. And then they'll just uh. pull... 
Marvel and Star Wars back to them in a few years after they. It's also like like if and, like say Disney starts doing exclusive content and they make a Star Wars TV series and it goes on that streaming service. It's like, so if I as a Star Wars fan or another Marvel, well I don't watch Marvel shows, but if I, if I as a Star Wars fan watch uh, want to watch this new show, I have to pay ten dollars a month extra just to watch a new show. Like, I think that's just ridiculous. I. And obviously, I know that's how the system works. That's what uh, what's it called is doing with that Star Trek show. That I think it's CBS. Yeah. Um, and I just I think that's really dumb. I just I don't I don't buy into it, and I don't like to support uh, kind of greedy mentalities like that. And I know I know you said it's not greedy, but to me that's just that's what it is. It's corporate greed. So. But corporate greed is not. Uh, it's it, not inherently it should, a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it it absolutely isn't. They at the end of the day, they yeah, it's a corporation, but they also employ people and pe- people have families. And you not if you're going to be losing however many million dollars by not doing your own app to keep your own content in house, and you're paying somebody else to do it, that's you know that's jobs. And you know, a company a, a company's main objective is to make money, and I don't see why we're getting particular with that just because it's it's disney and they make us feel happy they're a company that's what companies do this is a good business decision it's like in sports it's like when you relocate your franchise it's like yeah it's we've had happy memories here but you aren't you're shitting all over us bro we're just gonna leave that's how the that's how it goes sometimes and i would definitely pay eh, i don't i don't want to say definitely because i don't know how much i'll get out of it just to have movies and stuff, but I would consider paying a Disney for a Disney app, but it's at the end of the day, it's my choice. If I want to buy it, I'll buy it. If I don't, then I don't. It's not, you know, whatever. It's (laughs) not a big deal. Hmm. Well, it's interesting, and the business is is the business, and I just have to sit and wait it out, but it it is, I do find it interesting, though, that the... um, you know, we start off with a broadcast TV model where everybody has a particular, it's a channel, and, you know, you watch TV, and there's ads in between, and and then it transitioned to, you know, your Netflixes, your Hulus, where we just have all the shows, and you can just binge them or whatever, and now it seems like we're going to start reverting back to, you know, this is the Disney app instead of the Disney channel, or this is the Netflix app instead of the Netflix channel, and ESPN, and so on, and so on, and so forth. It's, I, I find that interesting. It's pretty cool how cyclical the business is being. So, Any other thoughts on Disney's corporate greed? Nah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me ask you something. This is well, a quick little editorial here. Let's t- I, something I've, I find fascinating about you as a movie watcher and a person is that you seem to have a very high tolerance for for a rewatching. Like so how mean? many how many times have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy roughly? Put the it in the original episode. one? Yeah. Uh I don't know like probably 15 20 times. And that came out in 2014. So between then and yeah. it's actually almost been about 3 years exactly. So you've watched that movie somewhere between 6 5 probably 6 times a year. So every couple of months for three years, you've watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that does that math check Maybe. out? Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can probably. I've watched it twice this year. I know that. Okay. 
watched it a couple times last year and got, probably watched it a couple. I watched it when I first got it on Blu-ray like three times within the first two weeks. So, so my question to you is, how do you do that? How do does you a movie not like watching a movie? And I'll, I'll I'll go into my feelings on it fairly soon. But how do you watch a movie that close in proximity and not get tired of it? I don't know. Just something I've always done. I mean, uh, I wasn't. I mean, were you like that when you were a kid, or have you always been like not? Because there were movies. I mean, when I was a kid, I would literally watch The Lion King every day. Because just just because I I tell my parents put it back in. I want to watch it again. Rewind it. No, see, I was never like that because I've you know I've, I've always been. You know, oh, like movies kind of came to me in, when I was 14 because I realized that um, <laughs> when you surround yourselves with friends who were introverts, then you don't really get to go out much. So <laughs> have a lot of good friends, a lot of great friends, but it's like, hey, you want to go to the bowling? And they're like, not really, bro. And it's like, okay, see you at school. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Um, so, but, so I have a kind of, you know, Lego, between Legos and video games and sports and movies, I kind of find a good balance to where I don't really have the desire to rewatch movies a lot but that being said i've watched steve jobs six times since it came out in theaters so i know that the i know that that guard like the, the approach you have to guardians is in me i know it's there but but it's for different kinds of movies yeah like I, for instance i watched um for like earlier this year i don't know what came over me but i got in this insatiable mood to watch the dark knight right yeah so like i just it was the only thing i wanted to do and I was living in New York, and I had, like, this tiny, shitty little TV, so I had to wait until I went home for something to watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is great. And then before Dunkirk came out, I watched it again because it was the ninth anniversary, and Dunkirk was coming, so I wanted to refresh and watch some Nolan stuff. And I was just like, oh, wow, I don't want to watch this anymore. And then I kind of had it on the background while I was doing stuff on my computer and writing or something like that. Well, I mean, that's kind of me too, because when I when I say I rewatch a movie like for the sixth time, it means I put it on and I'm watching the first like fifteen twenty minutes of it, and then I'll probably go. I mean, I'll do be doing something while it's on and kind of like right. be tuning in and out. But you don't the... you don't like hunker down and I, say no, 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 I'm no. watching Guardians. Yeah, I I mean every once in a while. I mean, yeah. like I did it right before I saw Guardians two, mm-hmm. um, and then I I think I like watched all the Marvel movies with my roommates like two years ago. Oh my gosh, um, that's a lot. But. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like every single time I'm sitting down and I'm like, I'm going to watch, because I've seen Batman vs. I, keep in mind, when we did our review of Batman vs. Superman, I was I did not like that movie. I've watched that movie more times than either of you combined, probably. How many times um, have you seen it? Like, how many I times, let me ask I, you this, how many times have you sat down to watch it? Uh, one, two, three, probably like four or five. Okay, I think I've seen it maybe two. I like yeah. that movie. I don't know, I think, I like that movie. I think it's cool. I think it's, I don't. It's not a great movie. It's such no, it's a, not. It's never... it's a. It's like the most heavily flawed good movie I've seen in a really long time. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say it's the just. Well, I guess I could say that. But I just like yeah. Batman, and I like. No, Batman. that's the thing. It's like every time Batman is on that on the screen in that movie, yeah. my eyes are stuck on the screen. Like yeah. it's perfect. It's, and then good the movie. good Superman stuff is awesome. When it's not good Superman stuff, it makes right. me want to punch a wall. Um, but Ha-ha, he know, does that. No, Batman yeah. does that. He tackles a guy through a wall. Yeah. Never mind. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. I It's really about, there's, I can't really, it's just, and also I can't describe like what makes you want to watch, rewatch a movie. I don't know if that's where you're going with this, but like. No, I just, the I understand why you want to rewatch a movie. That's, you know, that's, 
Like I can, like I lo- like like you watch rewatch Steve Jobs. Like I love Steve Jobs, but it's not a movie I'm gonna sit down and watch twice. See, that's because you haven't seen it again. But once you see it, I've again, seen it. I've seen it two or three times. Oh, you have? Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess um, it's, but it's like those are the kinds of movies. Like I'll I'll go back and revisit The Social Network, maybe once every year, year and a half. But I'm not gonna keep rewatching that because it's not like an enter. It's like I like to rewatch and like multiple times entertaining movies. So like the Marvel movies, the DC movies, the Harry Potter movies, the Star Wars movies, like the movie. The I, I mean, without sounding like fanboy, like the franchise kind of movies or like horror movies that I, I've seen. I without sounding the, like a fanboy, I'm gonna say the most fanboy yeah, thing ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, or like you know all my you know slasher movies that I lo- yeah, I've yeah. seen Halloween like forty seven thousand times. Um, so it's like, I don't know. It's just like, there's something like, I don't know what it is about certain movies that I just I go, but keep wanting to rewatch. Yeah. 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 No, I was just like, I've between, you know, you saying, it's like, oh, I've seen guardians like 20 times. And then I feel like in every, cause I love, I love watching videos or reading things about when people say they're, you know, top, whatever favorite movies of all time. And that's one of the things I keep, I hear over and over again. It's like, oh, I watched this like every day when I was like nine years old. It's like, how? Yeah. It's the same the movie's not changing. You know, it's the you same know, movie. I, I understand, but like, give it some time because if I, I mean, I don't mean to make this, you know, I'm the genius or whatever, anything like that. But like, if I can watch The Dark Knight twice within five or six months, and the second time just be like, eh, okay, I've, you know, I've, there's, I'm not into it this time. I don't know how you can go like, all right, well, I'm watching, you know, Jurassic Park again today. Oh. Three o'clock on Tuesday, Jurassic Park time. Oh, three o'clock on Wednesday. You know, I just I've never understood that, and you seem to be the closest person I could find, and I really want to understand. But if you, yeah, background movies, I don't, I I can't really do background movies most of the time. But you know, with something like Dark Knight, where I've seen it a million times, it's like I kind of got away with it. But um, yeah, I'm I, don't, I I just I find it interesting how people can rewatch so much, and I've started to do that myself. Like I already want to watch Steve Jobs again. I was like, eh, I could watch that <laughs> tomorrow if I want to, because I just love it. But, hmm, okay. So, um, any th- anything else to say about rewatching? Any advice or insight? Uh, nah, I don't think so. Cool beans. I so, can tell you that I could. I could tell you I've probably seen The Lion King legitimately over two hundred times in my life. See, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. It's a very likely fact. So let's do the math here. You're 22 years old. You know what we're gonna? So <laughs> let's say Christ. you saw that you saw that for the first time when you're five. So 200 watches divided by you've been watching movies for about 17 years and understanding them. So you've watched that movie an average of 12 times a year, is what you're saying? Or 11? Actually, you've been watched that you've watched that movie an average of 11.75 times a year sounds right because i watched it probably like 30 times with actually more than that probably like 100 times within my first i don't know four years of it being released so see that doesn't make sense and then lion king 2 came out and my life was changed forever so simba's pride but you don't you do not like lion king 2 no i like lion king 2 it's fine it's pretty good i think i have lion king 2 on tape somewhere on tape was that something you do coke off of? Whatever. I do coke off tape. Um, all right. Well, I just wanted to get that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to ask Cody about that next time. I'm interested to see what he has to say about it. Um, so speaking of Cody, he has a list 
that we need to get to, and it, we're going to get to the list as well, but uh, we're going to count down, since everybody, since we're seeming to be reliving the 1980s, we're going to count down our favorite 80s movies, you know? And so without further ado, here is Cody's list. I'm going to slip into my Cody impression, so just give me one second. Uh, hey, it's me, Cody. Um, Murder 5, Princess Bride. Really good movie. Actually, no, shit, sorry. Back into it. Number 5 is Rocky 4, it's amazing. Rocky fights the Russians, ends the Cold War. What more do you want me to say? Number 4 is Princess Bride. Uh, it's really good. Really good movie. Number 3, Aliens. Not as good as Alien, because that's the best movie ever made. But I really, really like it. Ripley's great. The alien's great. I love it. Number two is <laughs> the best movie of all time. It's Predator. Arnold is amazing. Predator's amazing. It's so fun. Yeah. And my number one, Empire Strikes Back. It's the best Star Wars movie. It's like my second favorite movie ever. I love Star Wars, so it's got to be on this list. That was a pretty good Cody. Not so much for the voice, but in the enunciation. Is what <laughs> I, that's what I that's that's how I form my impressions. Is how does somebody talk? What's their cadence? You know, not enough pausing. <laughs> yeah, that was Cody on fast forward. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into it for realsies. So why don't you go first with any honorable mentions? All right, uh, I have. Uh... I have four honorable mentions, but I feel like I should cut one. I have three, so go for it. All right. Um, all right. I, my honorable mentions are The Thing and uh, The Terminator, Spaceballs, and Return of the Jedi. So you said you were cutting one. Yeah, I lied. Ah, you bastard. I was going to guess what you cut, but that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Spaceballs. We haven't talked about Spaceballs. That's a great isn't movie. It, isn't it fucking perfect? It's fucking perfect. That's a great... It's that so... Might... F- it's See, so, it's one of my favorite comedies. I've it's got so a spoof. Perfect. I've got a spoof movie on. Actually, I've got two spoof movies in my honorable mentions. But I would easily put like I we know, talked a little I bit know about one of them is. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about unofficial trilogies, and I feel like Spaceballs and then my other two are an unofficial. These are the greatest spoof movies of all time. Is one of them a Mel Brooks movie? No, neither of them are. Actually. Oh my god, that's and I have no idea what the other one is. Is it Blazing Saddles? Is that what no, you I was, was gonna. Well, actually, yeah, that was the one I was gonna guess. But okay. I I know I know what one of them is. I Spaceballs is up there. So, uh, cool. My honorable mentions. Uh, first is what I think is the best. I think if you make the argument, if you can, if you made the argument to me that this is the best movie ever made, I don't think that I could really refute that because, in some ways, I kind of believe like if you took, if you condensed cinema and like every movie that ever made and you picked out the best parts of it, I think that they're in this movie. And it's an honorable mention for me just because I don't. I, I admire it as much as I possibly could, but I don't love it as much as I do my top five. So my first honorable mention is Back to the Future. And I know... Wow, it's an honorable mention. It's wow. an honorable mention. I know. I know. I love it. Like I said, I couldn't... There's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a perfect... It's a perfect movie. It's the quintessential movie. But don't want. I don't rewatch as much as I do some others. And it's just... It's great. Not in the rotation for me. So... My second honorable mention, one of those comedies I mentioned too, spoof comedy. It is The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. 
Oh, okay. Leslie Nielsen is God. And I say I speak about him in the present tense because he is not dead. His spirit lives on in us all. And The Naked Gun is like the first so I think I think it's the first movie that I ever knew and appreciated as a comedy. I don't know if that doesn't make sense, but like you've never seen a funny movie before Naked Gun. But I had, but this is like when I think of comedy, this is like, oh, the first comedy I ever saw was Naked Gun because it's like it's the only one that struck me as like when I kind of got the joke, you know? Like, most and most things I laughed at and thought was funny in movies was, like, written for kids, but this is, like, comedic. Like, they have bits and things that they... Like, jokes they don't pay attention... Like, they don't pay a lot of attention to, but just kind of are there just to be jokes and aren't a part of the story at all. And this is kind of... The movie's kind of where I... It set my comedic sensibilities and what I find funny, and I would love it so much. Um, and then my second, my third honorable mention is Airplane. Oh, okay. Then I have no idea what your spoof movies are. Those were it. Oh, oh I was, I was, I was just saying in my honorable mentions. No, no, these are just my honorable mentions, bro. Don't okay, never mind. Don't get it twisted. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Idiot. What a fucking moron. Tim, come on. <laughs> come on, Tim. Jesus. I'm sorry about that guy. He's just awful. Uh, <laughs> Airplane's the funniest movie ever made. It just is. It's like, it's... In the same way of, like, yeah, Back to the Future is the best. I think it's the best movie. Airplane's the best comedy. That's just it. It's nonstop, just joke after joke after joke after joke. It never lets up and never gets serious. It's just, it's a joke machine. And it spoofs, like, the high-stakes, you know, tragic dramas of, you know, where everybody's stressed out and they have a big problem to solve. It's But the thing about it is it's a spoof movie of a genre that there is no definitive one of this genre. Like, if you made a spoof prison movie, it's like, you're going to draw from Shawshank. If you made a spoof fantasy movie like Spaceballs, obviously you're going to pull from Star Wars. But Airplane is somehow, it's spoofed a genre and then become the definitive version of that genre. You know? And that there's just nothing like it. And it's beautiful. It's perfect. I laugh every time. And it just doesn't get any better. And I, I, I love it when other movies and TV shows pay homage to it. I find that, I find it funny. And have you ever seen Spaceballs and Naked Gun? Or, excuse me, Airplane and Naked Gun? Yeah, I love them both, yeah. Yeah, good. Good, that's good. I'm surprised. I'm really curious what's on your list, because I expected both of these to be on your list. You know what? So did I. But there's just five movies that just do it for me all the way. So number five, Josh. Go ahead. Uh, okay, my number five is pulling up here. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, you've seen it, right? Of course, of course. Okay, yeah. Uh, so this is my favorite John Hughes movie. Um, my favorite comedy of all time. Um, see, I never just, think of that as a comedy. I see. I I understand where you're coming from with that, but I mean, to me, it's a comedy. It's the it's my favorite type of comedy because it's a comedy that's not trying to be a comedy. Oh, okay. It's, it's kind you. of it's a it's. I mean, it's it's not. I don't. I wouldn't call it a drama. It's just kind of a coming of age story. It's a romp. That has a, it's a romp. I, Okay, let's, yeah, I think let's a romp with... should be a defined genre of cinema. Yeah, it's like, um, and it's just, it, but it's just naturally funny. Like the humor is comes from the characters right. and their interactions and the things they say to each other. And it's just, just like it's not. There's no gags. There's no jo- well, maybe there's like, I guess the uh, the running home scene is. I guess you consider that a gag, but like, um, you know, there's just it's it's why I John Hughes to me is like the definitive kind of young adult 
writer director he's the guy i go to when i want to see movies like that so i always like, go back to so it's movies like, like it's that like and john hughes them. number one stephanie meyer number two oh my god <laughs> had to sorry continue uh, at least throw jk rowling at number two that, i was gonna six. say number three but then i was like ah, okay. i just it for the bit gotta do it for the bit <laughs> um but yeah it's i love the way he handles his characters and uh the cast in that movie those three actors are so perfect together i love ferris and cameron and uh sloan they're just i, I love them to death mm-hmm. um and then you know yeah it just it all it's similar to back to the future because back to the future is often kind of called the perfect um the uh perfect kind of structure to follow for screenwriting um and i think ferris bueller is kind of up there as well with a movie that it just everything comes together and kind of it has such a perfect flow in how everything is introduced and how everything ties up and how everything comes together at the end. Um, and it's also incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's so many memorable lines, so many uh, memorable and hilarious scenes. Um, Charlie Sheen is the best, probably still probably the best he's ever been um, in that movie. Um, just, I love it. It's an amazing movie. Uh, one of the best uh, of the eighties. So nice. Nice. Um, so my number five is, I think from my favorite movie genre and which is weird to say because these movies are come around so, they're just so rare and they don't really, it's not a dead genre, but it's kind of been changed and manipulated a little bit to, you know, to be, instead of being an adventure movie, it's an action adventure is kind of what it's become. And I think this is a perfect movie. I think it's one that you came on to far too late for somebody with your uh, tastes and uh, the people and the kind of things that you like. Hmm. So my number five is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, okay. What you think I was talking about? I had no idea. I was okay. trying to figure out what are you talking about. <laughs> I, liked, I liked doing that. I figured it was a horror movie. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no way. Uh, Indiana Jones, I mean, it's... It's it's as this is as simple as it gets. It's Indiana Jones teaming up with his dad, fighting Nazis. That's that's movies to me. That's what movies are. Is so kind of over the top and but at the same time, just disgustingly entertaining and perfect. The I love and like the thing the thing that I like I like the action scenes in these movies. But again, it's the adventure of it and the kind of globe-trotting discoveries and, un- you know, uncovering the past and finding these reli- these artifacts tied to religion and just the, the like I said, it's an event. I like adventures, and that, that's going to show up later on my list with uh, my number two pick, and this is the quintessential adventure movie, and I hate Temple of Doom so, so, so much, and it just makes me love Last Crusade more, and... It's just it's not Indiana Jones without Nazis. That's what it comes down to. And Harrison Ford's great. Connery, he and he and Connery work off each other so goddamn well. And Spielberg is fantastic. And this is just it's a it's a movie that's firing on all cylinders. And I love it for that. So my number five, Indiana Jones. Josh, number four. Number four. It's gonna be a movie that I'm pretty sure you hate, but I don't remember. Uh, and it's my favorite Steven Spielberg movie, and it's E.T. The extraterrestrial, or as my uncle would call it, E.T. The extra testicle. I don't know why he calls it that. Uncle, it's either Uncle Rob, Dale, or Steve. 
It's none of the above. Shit. What is it? <laughs> now I gotta know. Eric? Pete? Craig? <laughs> Scott. Scott! Ah, oh, that was my next guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, this is my favorite Spielberg movie. It's just everything I love about the kind of 80s sci-fi Amblin era encapsulated in one movie. I mean, it's really what started that whole era, I guess. Oh, 1982. I mean, it's yeah. set the tone of what Amblin was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think Amblin, you think of E.T. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's that, you know, coming of age, uh, kid and kind of like a uh, lonely kid. He has a friend, you know, it's, you know, it's Stranger Things copied. It's what, you know, uh, Super 8 kind of copied. It's what, you know, so many movies we see now are kind of trying to harken back to that kind of thing. Yeah, the setup um, of lonely kid needs a friend gets a friend friend causes trouble is like the perfect <laughs> it, no it really is the perfect yeah, setup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, you can spin it off in however whatever direction you yeah. want to but it works um, and it's just i love it takes the things i love about it takes the cool things about sci-fi but it makes it such a human uh personal story um and i love it it's just the musical score with some of john williams best work um it's uh, just an amazing movie. The effects in that movie for E.T. I'm not talking about the 2001, I think it was special edition where they re-CGI'd him. Uh, the puppet of E.T. He looks great, still holds up. Um, and just and the kid did an amazing job. Have you seen the audition tape, by the way, for uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? I think his name is the kid from E.T. What? Jonathan Taylor Thomas wasn't in that, was it? Am I, th- am I thinking of the right person? I don't know. I thought it was, I always no, thought it was... That the, no, that's the kid from The Lion King, right? Yes. Okay, then I'm thinking of a different actor. Um, the actor's name th- is Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, his audition. Go watch his audition tape. It's on YouTube somewhere, and it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it's just everything about that movie. It's to me, it's peak Spielberg, um, at least in terms of like the Spielberg that I love, like my favorite kind of Spielberg movies, that adventure, uh, blockbuster style movie, um, and it's amazing. I love it. I don't know how you. I don't know how you feel about it since we've last discussed it. But. I hate it, but for the worst possible reason, and it's that I just I can't stand ET. It's the the design the of him yeah. sends a shiver up my spine. Where I agree with Uncle Scott, he does look like a testicle, and I just <laughs> I hate hate how he looks. I don't. I can't really. I know it's a bullshit reason to hate a movie. I completely will own and understand that, but I just whenever I see him, I just want to fucking hurl and i've seen the movie twice because it's like spielberg et that's the that's like one of his nine best movies i just i can't i just like kill it please put the thing out of his misery Jesus. like i know it's got the big eyes feel but, like, when it's di- when he's dying on the on the table Go ahead. Like, best comedy Jeez. scene of the year oh, Jesus. It's so good it's like You're i just want to stop it better. there and headcanon and then he fucking dies i hate it go to number four <laughs> jesus, <laughs> jesus uh. christ you don't understand. E.T.'s great. It's, it's like, it's, it, it literally causes I don't a understand, reaction. I don't understand the way your mind works. I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying I have a good reason, like, the story's great, the characters are great, the cinematography's great, everything about that movie is great, I just hate the central character, and I, like, not, not just like, oh, I don't like this person's acting, I just hate how it looks, and I can't, I can't negotiate that. If he looked like a cat, how would you feel? I would love the movie. I would love it. I would if it was anything but that. Anything but that. I would. I don't want to say it. What if it was a What if it was a chimp? Yeah, you know, less so, but it'd be better. (laughs) It'd be better than you know. I don't get what's so ugly about him. God, he looks like he looks like Alex Jones if you sucked all the water out of him. It's just (laughs) ugh. Ugh. 
again, I'm not saying I have a good. It's it's a horrible reason to not like a movie. I understand that, but I just I can't. I just can't do it. I can't do it. So my number four Jesus. is another contender for. If you want to tell me this is the best movie ever made, I can't. I can't dispute it. I don't agree with it, but I can't dispute it. Uh, it's a it's a movie that I know is going to be on your list, probably at the top, and it's Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back because. Yeah. I just, you can't not, I don't think you can dislike the movie. It's impossible. It's it's perfect in every way. Like, I know I say a lot of movies are perfect, but that's only because I believe that wholeheartedly. That you don't, not a, there's no adjustment you could make to Empire Strikes Back to make it better. There's no, there's no margin of improvement. And that's just, you. that is so rare these days. And not just these days, but just overall. There's like maybe 20 movies ever made that I think... Like, Dark Knight has some room for improvement. Absolutely. But Star Wars Episode Five or whatever it is now, it's it doesn't. It's perfect. It's as good as a movie and a sequel could get. And I'll stand by that. I haven't seen it in a while, but I want to now. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, Star Wars. Josh, number three. Um, my number three is my favorite horror movie of all time. I've talked about it probably multiple times at this point, so I won't say too much. Uh, the Shining. It's a masterpiece. Tony. Stanley Kubrick is a genius. Jack Nicholson is amazing. Uh, kid is great. It's this one of the scariest things I've ever seen. I like to torture myself and watch it at 1 o'clock in the morning, turn off the lights. Um, yeah, it's the, to me, it's the greatest horror movie ever made, and it still gives me anxiety whenever I think about it. So, perfect horror movie. The best. One of the best of the 80s. Love it. Mm-hmm. I wish Kubrick made more movies with, like, stories and plots. And not 2001, but whatever. 2001 is a story and plot. That's fucking shit. It's a story of the world. Bullshit. Total bullshit. That's literally what the movie is about. Bullshit. You have to pay attention. I pay attention. Monoliths show up at the different stages of human humanity's evolving. That's what it is. It doesn't so have to be fucking so literal. stupid and pretentious. It's a oh my god. Classical music playing through space. It's, really, smart. it's so good. I thought about that There's movie like nine for like six plots. days after I saw it. It's yeah. so good. I, just, I shot up the freaking hair. I'm gonna watch it again it. tonight. No. And yeah, no, I'm actually no. not because I have to work in the morning. But. Correct. Uh, <laughs> so my number three. I'm gonna see if you can guess it. It's a horror movie. It's also a horror comedy, I guess. And it is a movie that I am incredibly nostalgic towards. I just, I I revisited it a little while ago, and I just, I fell back in love with it. I think it is the most manic and insane and just hilariously despicable movies I think ever made. It's, and it's absolutely perfect. And I could watch it even when it's not Christmas time. So my number three oh. is Gremlins. Oh, wow. Fucking Gremlins. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. The, ah, it's so good. You haven't seen it, but it's so good. I have seen it. Oh, you have seen it? What do you? I don't. I thought you hadn't. Do you like it? Yeah, it's good. It's great. The main kid annoys the shit out of me. Billy? He's the most... He's one of the worst kids in any movie he ever. Sucks, but he's, he sucks, he's the, but he's the perfect person to experience this movie with. He's so annoying. he's so many steps behind 
the gremlins, and you it just makes... like, oh, Billy, you fucking idiot. What are you doing that for, Billy? Ah, oh, Bi- Billy. Oh, come on, Billy. Come on, Billy. Um, I haven't seen, I'll be honest, I have not seen the sequel, but I, from what I hear, it's just as crazy. Um, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> fucking Billy, man. Um, it's just as, um, I, 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 from what I yeah, from what I heard, it's just as crazy and just insane and, like, ripping on capitalism and all that stuff. I'm, I've been meaning to check it out one of these days. I'm not sure if I want a Gremlins 3, unless it's, like, done by, you know, the Duffer Brothers and they do practical and just kind of set it in the 80s but do something just co- totally crazy and stupid. I mean, I, I'm open to a, a sequel, I guess. A threequel. But um, if that doesn't happen, at least I have the original Gremlins. I love watching it at Christmas time. It's one of the best Christmas movies ever. The Gremlins themselves are just so such little bastards, and they're so funny. And Gizmo is great. The um, the the scene I think the scene about with this movie that you can you can point to as being like the culminating element of this that makes it what it is is um phoebe cates's santa monologue at the end when she talks about how her dad dressed up as santa to like surprise them and then he came down the chimney and then he was burned to death in the chimney dressed up as santa and she kind of doesn't really cry and billy doesn't even react to it because he's just duh face the whole time but it's just it's the most it's the strangest little thing in the movie i've ever seen i love it it's just ah fucking gremlins i love gremlins so much um, one of the best. Really one of the best. You said you liked it, but you don't love it, so... Why? I really like it, What's, yeah. It's, it's a fun movie. With you? Gizmo's, Gizmo's great. See, if Gizmo was an E.T., best movie. Best movie. <laughs> switch those out, and then, you know... Actually, no, don't switch those out. Just do Gizmo in all the <laughs> horror movies where a kid befriends a, a creature. See, that's, again, that's the that's the E.T. formula is... Lonely kid needs a friend, gets a friend, shit goes down. You know, it's perfect. I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, demean the movie, but it's like, I feel like I saw it too late. Like, I was too old yeah, to, like, probably. fall in love with it the way, yeah. like, I guess, I guess you, I'm assuming you saw it when you were a kid for the first time. No, I've t- I told you my story before, right? About how my no. mom just, like, smashed the VHS copy I had of Gremlins because she hated it so much. Oh. Like, she destroyed I... it. Oh, wow. I know. That's, that's rude. So mean. So I bought it on Blu-ray t- 12 years later. So, fuck off. I win. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I, I do th- I do think there is... You do have to see it at a particular time, but I think when you get... I think as you get older, you may... you. I think you'd appreciate different things about it where you're not as, you know, enraptured in the, like, the story as much. And I, that sounds bad. But you're not as, as wrapped up in the story as you are the comedic aspects of it because I think it's a movie that gets funnier the older you get. And I can just I can wrap those up as you know my nostalgia, my love for just the tone and the you know how funny and uh, skewering of pop culture it is. So I don't know. You can I think you can it can be appreciated at different times for different things. So uh, you're number three. I already gave it number three. I'm on number two. Wait, so why did I just give my number three? Because I gave my number three. Oh, so you're number two. Sorry. Uh, um, my number two is Back to the Future. Ah, yeah, uh, one of the one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, I've talked to death about this movie. It's, it's. I just feel like I've said this for every movie on here. It's perfect. There is to me. There's. I mean, even with the. I mean, it's even with a movie dealing with time travel. You could get so many plot holes. I can't think of a single plot hole 
Um, I'm sure someone's brought it up. I don't care. Um, yeah, it's just a perfectly constructed movie. It, the way it introduces its characters, it t- ties into it. It brings in its plot. It has all these different things while also uh, being so funny, so intelligent, and so well-written. Uh, the characters are iconic. The performances and the casting of the characters is... I don't think you could do any better. Um, yeah, it just everything. The the soundtrack is amazing. The visual effects for its time, I mean, not even for its time, but it still holds up. The visual effects are amazing. Um, I don't the remember story, the visual effects much. Eh, I guess the visual effects They're were more. Minimal. To, they were they were more in two and three, but they were yeah. they were visual effects. I mean, there's a lot of practical effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end, you know, the, the flying car. Um, but yeah, just it's, I mean, it's a classic. It's one of the almost undisputable greatest movies of all time. Yeah. So, you know what I'm gonna do right now? What? I am gonna open. I'm gonna have Letterboxd. I'm going to find the most recent negative, which means less than three star review in back of Back to the Future, and we're gonna. See Why do you want to hurt me? Why do you want to? Just... just I'm curious. So, what recent <laughs> reviews is four and a half, five, five, no rating, pussy. Five, four, five, 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 two and a half. Okay, here we go. From Elizabeth Verena, logged. She logged it from March third, two thousand. Okay, we're gonna ignore that one. Let's move on because that doesn't count. Uh, five, five, four, four, five, 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 four and a half, five, five, five. Let's see if we can find one. Five, 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 five. Okay, let me just see if I can. It's. I'm trying to find one. Josh. My point exactly. Trying to find one. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> One of the reviews is Oedipus, please. <laughs> That's funny. Shakespeare. It's a guy who gets weird with his mom. Ugh. Okay, well, I'm... Oh, no, that's three and a half. That's, that's as close as we're going to get. So three and a half is... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that was very vulgar. Uh, okay, I... oh, here we go. It's not even a review. It's John Mulaney's joke about this movie from September of 2015. So, okay. Yeah, it's there's no... I can't find a negative review, negative review, and that's just... In an internet where everybody hates everything, the fact that it just... There aren't negative reviews is proof of how great it is. I think that's exactly. the only... That's the first and last time the world has been like, okay, yeah, we're on the same page on this one. Back to the Future's great. <laughs> Still looking. Haven't found anything. All right. So, uh, is it? It is time for my number two. And when I was talking a little bit earlier, oh, were you done on Back to the Future? By the way. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I've, um, I've talked to death about that movie. I don't have anything else to add. Okay. So I found I didn't find a negative review, but I found a kind of bad one. I lied to my husband and told him I loved it. In reality, it was just okay, fun, but I don't get the hype. Sam Tyndall, you are the problem. You are the problem. <laughs> I hate you so much. You don't even have any lists. You have seven followers, loser. From Northern California. Get out. Okay, so my number two is... after. So after I saw Indiana Jones and, and Tintin, actually, and a couple other adventure movies, I realized, I was like, oh, wow, adventure movies are my thing. You know, I love a high-concept globetrotting adventure movie and Bond kind of you know uh, spy movies yes but they were in a way adventure movies you know mostly because of the globetrotting aspect of it but my whole life 
I ha- I've been waiting for a certain movie, like the adventure film, and I hadn't gotten it until about last summer. And I rewatched it shortly after, and I'm going to see it in theaters, actually, this Sunday or Monday. I can't, I'm not sure which one is the one I can see. Um, my number two is a movie that I know you've never seen, and I implore you to check it out because it is beautiful and thrilling and just everything that this genre should be. So my number two, do you have any idea what it is? Not a clue. Not a clue? Okay. My number two is Hayao Miyazaki's Castle in the Sky. So the plot of this movie, just to, for those who haven't seen it, and there's a lot of them, which, you know, I get, but also I hate anybody who hasn't seen this, is there? there's this little girl falls to earth, basically, and she has a, a mysterious necklace, and there's she meets this boy who has to protect her from a bunch of these pirates and, you know, people that want to get her to get this necklace, and they later learn that there is the necklace is tied into this thing called Laputa, which is apparently stolen from Gulliver's Travels, but they Miyazaki just uses it, which is a castle in the sky, and nobody's ever found it, and it's just sitting up there. It's like the Atlantis, but of the air, basically. And some evil forces want to get to Laputa to harness its power, and you know the hero's job is to keep them from doing that, and. Sounds simple, but in execution, it is breathtaking and beautiful. The animation is incredible, For and this is released in 1986. The story is great. The characters are fantastic. Uh, the art, just the art direction and the world that Miyazaki creates and all the different, you know, irregularities and the, the mix of, like, it's it's steampunk, but also futuristic at the same time, and that it... It works, and it's and for steampunk, it's not obnoxious. Where you just have a bunch of bells and dials and bullshit everywhere just for the sake of it. It actually it creates a cohesive, fleshed out, beautiful world. And for a while, like I for a while, I knew it's like when with Miyazaki, it's like Spirited Away is his best movie. You know, it's that's the movie. It's one of the best movies ever. Whatever. And I saw I burned through most of his movies. I think I have only one more to go. And Spirited Away was my favorite, and then Castle in the Sky is my second, but then I realized it's like, shit, Castle in the Sky is just, it's, I like it more. And once I figured that out, then I fell in love with this movie all over again, and I can't wait to see it in theaters this weekend. It's going to be great, and I can't recommend it enough. I understand that, like, we there's an American stigma on anime, and in most cases, it's deserved, because most anime is kind of trash, but this is, like a Spielberg, Walt Disney, John Laster level of animation, and it's a level of storytelling. It's it's so much more than animation. It's it's a world. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, you've never seen Castle in the Sky. Is that that I'm turned off by anime? Well, that's a lie. Yeah, I am. I guess I am turned off by anime. I don't know. Yeah, I um, that. I've tried to get into it. Like I watched. Uh, another one of his movies, what's it called? Castle. Um, Chris- Castle. Yeah, I watched that. Couldn't get into it. Thought it was fine. Um, yeah, this is like the better version of that. So I don't know. It's I don't know. It's got a, it's Mark Hamill's voice is the uh, the villain in the movie and like the English dub, and he sounds a lot like Joker. So it's pretty cool in that way. But I don't know. It's I can't I can't tell. I think you would like it, but I'm not sure how much. If you like adventure movies, I think you'd dig it, but if not, then you don't. So, uh, 
What is it, your number one next? Uh, yes, I think so. Oh, shit, and I wonder what it could we, be. Mm, I don't know. Um, well, well, which, <laughs> let's see. Which ki- did the Cabbage Patch movie, kids movie, come out yeah. in the 80s? I think it did. Well, that's that's probably it. So, it's probably no surprise, but my favorite movie of the 80s is Ang Lee's Hot... No, I'm kidding. Um, kill yourself. It's, uh, obviously, it's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. It's... I'm not, not going to... I've... We've all talked. We did a podcast about it. We could have done a podcast about this whole movie. Um, it's it's my favorite movie of all time. It's favorite sci-fi movie. Favorite Star Wars movie. Favorite. It's it's the best. It's just the best. Is it it's a just, sci-fi movie though? Sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy, sci- I think whatever. It's just fantasy. I don't care what you call it. It's my favorite movie ever. <laughs> I'm gonna call it a horror comedy. Like, cool. It's funny and it has scary things in it. So but, but there you go. But Luke goes into the cave. What happens in the cave? Right. I don't. I don't know. What, what, Fanboy, what, don't, uh, fan, don't people complain about the cave? No, Family Guy made a joke about it once. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Family Guy complained about the cave. That somebody did. I know. It's a perfect movie. It's all that needs to be said. Is it though? Yep. Four out of ten. Bye. No, that's on my list too. I think that would be the. If we were to craft a list between all of us, it'd probably be number one. So, there's something there. Will The Last Jedi usurp it as your favorite? Because it is the second part of a trilogy. In the prequels, the second one was the worst one. In the original trilogy, the second one was the best one. So what about the new Eh, sequel? I think Attack of the Clones is better than Phantom Menace. No. Sand. Sand. It is. Sand. 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 But at least things happen. Nothing happens in that movie. Sorry. I hate to break it to you, but that movie is completely no- made of nothing. Sorry. No, Phantom Menace is made of nothing. Not- Phantom Menace doesn't even have a story. People do stuff. <laughs> they People sign do treaties. stuff in that movie. Yeah, treaties, man. Jesus Christ. Um, no, it's not It's not going to be better. Last Jedi is going to be amazing. It's not going to be better. Yeah, probably not, but maybe it is. Who knows? When are we getting a goddamn trailer? I'm October. sick of waiting. Is we it? only need two trailers, and that's the next one. I need 40 TV spots. Who's Who are Ray's parents? Don't know, don't care. I'm kidding, I kind of care. Who are Ray's parents? What's your theory? What's your working theory? Uh, I'm kind of now on the assumption that it's just going to be two random people, and we're going to learn about them in a flashback, and then we're just going to move on. My guess is and Haldo and, uh, and Del Toro's character. I think they're the parents. No. And they, but then, like, they were the parents, and then they split to factioning sides of the resistance and the first order, and then they left her there to keep her out of the, you know, danger or whatever. That's my theory. I'm not saying it's a good theory. It's just mine. I'm also the guy who said that Howard Stark would be Star Lord's father. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> I still that would have been a cool twist, don't you think? That would be a really cool twist. Wouldn't have made any sense considering Howard Stark is a human, but. I know, but like, what? Yeah, obviously, with the movie that happened, you can't do that. But it would have been a cool twist. So, like, I don't know. Fuck it. Whatever. Who's Snoke though? Uh, he's just Snoke. I don't think he. I don't even think Ryan Johnson knows. Just like, ah, Trevor, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Trevor's gonna be like, um, let's see. He is a. He's a spectral being from the fourth dimension who's made a pizza because I don't know how to fucking write and I'm a horrible director and should never make movies again. But whatever. Um, cool. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Didn't see that one coming. 
Jurassic World is a good movie. It's a no, it's a good movie, but Book of Henry negates how how good it the goodness of that movie because of how terrible it is. Jurassic World's fine. Mm-hmm. Book of Henry is so bad though. It doesn't like just eats into the anything else good that he does. It's like, well, you made Book of Henry, so fuck off. Um so my favorite movie of the 1980s. Do you know what it is? Can you guess? Uh, I have no idea. No um, idea. probably al- I don't. I would say aliens, but probably not. Um, it's not aliens. So my favorite film of the 1980s is a movie that came towards the latter, towards the back end of the 1980s. It is a movie that it, I hold near and dear to my heart. I much like Gremlins. It's a movie from my childhood that I didn't rewatch obsessively, but I've seen. A fair share, and it set my taste when it comes to you know production design and the kind of the look and feel of 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 a movie that's not you know the real world. And it is hysterical. It is beautiful. It is incredibly shot. It's got some of my favorite characters of all time. My favorite movie of the 1980s is Tim Burton's Batman. No, wow, I should have guessed that. As long as you're humming that, not Prince. I don't get... Yeah, you can talk about how dated the movie is. much. I think that's a bullshit argument. That doesn't make any sense to me. Any movie ever is dated because people are a certain age in it and it was released at a certain time. If we could manipulate time, if time was a was something that wasn't you know, linear, then sure, you could say something's dated, whatever that means. But it's just, just because it has Prince music doesn't mean it's dated. Doesn't count. Doesn't matter. It has music in it. It has music in it from 1989. That's when the movie was made. Get over it. It's a fucking movie. It's a great movie. I love it. The look of Gotham City, it's my favorite version of Gotham City. It's just the the old description from, uh, I think it was in the screenplay that the, was later adapted to the Arkham Knight games. It's like, it, it's it's as if hell, you know, in you know, burst through the sidewalks and just kept going. And that's that's always been Gotham City to me. It's in the the city is a product of Batman just as much as Batman is a product of the city. I fully admit it's not perfect. The Bruce Wayne stuff doesn't make sense. I don't know how he's so anonymous and he's famous while also not being famous, where nobody knows anything about him. I guess information works differently back then, but whatever. Don't really care. Uh, Jack Nicholson gives one of my favorite performances of all time. You can say, I'm just going to address all the stuff you say bad about it. You can say it's Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson, but just because, I mean, this, even if you want to say that he, this is a role much similar to ones he's played, those roles didn't happen until after Batman. This, this performance was wholly unique, and looking back, yeah, it definitely influenced stuff that he would do later on, like his Frank Costello and Departed, or whatever you want to cite, but that all those came from his performance as the Joker, and it's, he is a great guy, a loving father, a kind husband, and I just, I love him. And I, I earlier I said I was going to contradict myself by saying that the Joker should never have an origin. Well, here it is, folks. Joker has an origin in this movie. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool, and it's ballsy, but it kind of makes sense, and... Yeah, that's just it's a great movie. I love it. It's like it's it, this movie is more of a visual experience than I think it is an emotional one because the 
you know, the, like I said, with the art direction, the production design, just the way this movie looks, the art deco kind of orgy that it becomes, and just how it's like a nightmare. It's it's what I always imagined Batman looking like the world, like Batman in the real world. That's what what I always imagined it would look like. Is this movie and. When I saw it as a young lad, it it came my my wish came true, and I love it. I know you don't, but I love it. So yeah, rain on my parade, Josh. Steal my balloons, I guess. It's good. Fuck off. Just <laughs> I said so many nice things about Back to the Future and Star Wars that you're just gonna throw me in. It's good at Batman. You're a dick, man. I'm sorry. You're just a dick. I've been saying that for years. Shut up, Tim. Tim, I got it. Sorry, again. Fun you movie. You hate Batman. I get it. Whatever. It's good. Who cares? I'm going to say something that's going to make you really mad. Shut up. Don't do it. So I've been thinking about Batman Returns recently. I think I like it better than Batman. You said it yourself that it begins the descent of the Tim Burton. Like I'll say it from a visual perspective, I probably like it on par. Just like looking at it, it's it's on par with Batman. It's the story and characters that are just the fucking worst. I th- I don't know something about it. It's like I said, when, like I said when we talk about it, I there are things I love about it, but the things I and there's things I hate about it that really weigh it down. But like those things I love about it are just so. What do you love about it? Just the the style and the music and the way the even the, like the design of the characters. Um, even if like the even if some of the writing for them is pretty weak. Um, so even though this is a bad movie and I don't like things about it, I like it more than something else. What? You're saying you're listing the reasons why you don't like it. So I don't like know. Batman. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it in like two years. I have Batman's, to watch it again. Batman's defin- the definitive superhero. And bef- it's just, it's so simple. <laughs> and it just, it feels like a comic book. And sometimes that works. And sometimes that doesn't. But this one totally works. It's fully realized vision. And I want to live in this Gotham City. I love it so much. And you're wrong. I would never, ever, ever want to live in any Gotham City. I, it's not boring. That's one thing you can say about. It. You're never gonna yeah. have a. You're never gonna have an average day in Gotham City. You know, you're You'll gonna be walking have a day risk free of death. Yeah, you know. You're we're we're always risking death. So what's you might as well have watch a show and see something cool while you're about to go. I don't know. I'd be I'd feel honored if Joker killed me. I'd be like, wow, thanks, man. I would rather just kind of like, you know, wake up, not die, watch a movie, go to bed. You can do all those things in Gotham City. Just stay away from anything that looks like it could make for a good action set piece, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right, so that is the 1980s. That is the 1980s. So the only commonality between all of our lists is Empire. No aliens... Yeah. Wow. It was, and then Back to the Future as an honorable mention in year number two or whatever. But hmm. well, that was that was fun. I think we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do this again because I'm always interested. I like I love looking at movies in decades. I think it's a very it's a fascinating, uh, a fascinating topic. So just with how the commonalities they all share. Do you have a particular favorite decade in film? Um. Uh, I'd probably say either the 70s or 80s. Really? Yeah. How about you? Uh, man. That's a hard question. 
Is it bad to say the 2000s? No. Because, like, it's, like... 2000 was a great decade. I don't know why people think it's, like, gotten worse or something. No, no, it's not. I think it's, you know, it's... Movies have branched out in different ways, but... one of the things I always I'm always thinking about when we're doing list episodes is like if somebody not from our age range is listening, it's like, oh my god, it's all these guys, freaking Batman, or all they're talking about Star Wars. It's like, yeah, I, I'm aware that by living in the 2000s, that's sort of what has dictated my tastes. But it's that you, the same can be said for somebody who grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I'm sure at some point I'll be looking back, and be like, oh, these fucking kids, all they do is, blah, 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 you know. Um, but I don't. Looking at my list, I think the eighties are probably. If I could take like, um, if I could take ten, the ten movies I have from the eighties and the ten movies I have from any other decade, I think eighties might win out. But I love the two thousands. I think it was really, it's really underrated. But, uh, yeah. I think seventies is the one we're gonna have to do next because I got some interesting choices. But, all right, you wanna wanna move on? Yeah. All right. A watch, read, listen to anything you want to bring up? Um, what have I have I done anything recently? Um, you go first. I'm trying to think. Okay, well, uh, next week's episode is Logan Lucky, so I'm gonna save my thoughts on that until then because I know Cody's excited to see it. Once he gets back from Arizona, then he'll be able to talk about it. Um, but I did see another movie in theaters. I saw Wind River, and direct, written and directed. His directorial debut, by the way, by Taylor Sheridan, who did Sicario in 2015, Hell or High Water in 2016. And I think if I hadn't seen Hell or High Water, I would love this movie. But because I've seen Hell or High Water, I think it is good but not great. And which, you know, is... Eh, maybe it's unfair to say. An unfair thing to say, but, you know, it's written by the same guy, so I'm going to make a comparison. Um... It is very depressing. I don't like to use that word very much, so when I do, you know, it it means something. But there's not much of a sliver of hope at all, and I think that's the point of it because, you know, I've talked a little bit to you guys about Sheridan's American Frontier trilogy where his last three movies he's written have been Sicario, which dealt with the, the Mexican border, Hell or High Water, which was like the shrinking heartland of America, and now Wind River was about the treatment of Native Americans. So he's combining crime thrillers with social issues. I think it worked well with Sicario, and it worked well with Hell or High Water. But oddly enough, you're going to be bewildered when I say this, but it didn't work for Wind River because it was a murder mystery. (laughs) Because it was, like, the mystery element. I think if you don't commit all the way to a mystery element, then it kind of loses something. And... I liked what they did with blending it with the Native Americans, but I think the Native Americans should have been more of a focus instead of the investigative aspect because it did feel like that part of it sort of fell flat, whereas I was very interested in the Native American stuff. Um, I can definitely recommend it. Uh, I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be really deeply affected by it, so that's always good. But um, as far as Sheridan goes... Nah, it's my least favorite of his last three, so. I, by the way, I remember that was like one of our first few episodes, but I severely undersold Sicario. I've been thinking a lot about that, and I, that movie's great. I don't know what I was thinking by not giving that like a nine or a nine and a half, so apologies. <laughs> um, there's also, I, are you going to planning on seeing this, Josh? 
not yeah eventually probably yeah okay well uh, i won't spoil it for them but there's a very weird scene i won't say anything more than like elizabeth olsen opens a door to find somebody and what they're doing and what she doesn't do about it was weird and that's all i'll say hopefully cody sees and we can talk about it a little bit but um yeah that's all i got what about you um what did i watch oh yeah i watched uh um, sleepy hollow oh yeah speaking of tim yeah, burton Yes, um, I'm. I think I think I've said in the past I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. I think I'm starting to come around to him, so I'm starting to dive more into his good movies. Oh sweet, we'll we'll do a Big Fish episode. That'll be fun. That's a terrible movie. God. <laughs> um. I don't. Why do you hate Big Fish? It's, it's, it's so boring and it's so weird. It just doesn't it's a fairy work. Tale. It's, it's a- just his style doesn't fit it, and it just it. Just, I don't. I don't like it. I, don't, I can't do it. Um. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, like when he makes like his movies, like when he makes movies that are like work for his style, they're usually awesome. Like Beetlejuice or I guess Batman, even though I still don't know if that's necessarily his style because that he was like really early. That was really early Tim Burton. Um, but like, because like Batman Returns, that's one of the problems is that it like feels so much like a Tim Burton movie that it doesn't feel like a Batman movie. Um, but yeah, like movies like Sleepy Hollow, it's awesome. It's so cool. I didn't even know it was rated R when I was watching it. So it was really fun to see someone's head get cut off and then blood squirt everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, Johnny Depp, you know, back when he was playing characters that, you know, weren't caricatures. Uh, Jack Sparrow sucks. Um, subtle, real subtle, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Thought you were gonna lean into it more, unlike Jack Sparrow, who is like, no, it just sucks. All right, I'm I can respect gonna, that. It just sucks, suck, yeah. You're a straight um, shooter. Yeah, it's just it's an awesome, really fun movie. I, I, I think I like Tim Burton. I just like him when he makes movies that he should be making, and not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, or see, then you're trying to, you know, write him into a little box. Yeah, well, his box is where he shines, so he should stay in his. Just like Zack Snyder. Well, Zack Snyder. You don't want, has a you don't box. want Scorsese to make nothing but. You know, well, Zach, mob well, movies. Scorsese isn't Scorsese can branch out of his box and do well. Tim Burton cannot. I think he can. I don't. I, it's yeah. I can't think of a movie not in his box that I care for. Uh, Big Fish, I like. He's okay. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, I think, is underrated. I think it's kind of it's neat. not good. It's cool. Alice in Wonderland is a disaster. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Uh, but that's, that's a movie awful. that should but fit Tim Burton's style. I don't. I that that real that shouldn't have been made. Come oh, on. No, no, of course not. But it like if you think. You'd say, hey, if you made a Alice in Wonderland movie, who would you want it to be directed by? It's like Burton, of course. It's just he's using CGI too much. That's his problem. He needs, I mean, that's granted, not maybe the problem he's... with the movie. The problem with the movie is that it's just a, a mess. It'd be fine with. I think it'd be a lot better if it had CGI or didn't have CGI, or at least as much. CGI was the least of the movie's problems. Yeah, I think it was kind of. It was fine, but it's just by the end, I was like, oh, okay, cool, another environment that she's just gonna. Mia Waza, Mia Dead Eyes Wazakowska is gonna wander through. Cool, whatever. She's such a bad actress. She's a good actress. She's name one good performance. I don't know. I've seen exactly. her in like two movies. Ex- thank you. So thank you. Okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to get around to Sleepy Hollow though. It always seemed like it would be because I love that whole myth of Ichabod Crane and all that stuff. So I always thought, always thought that was neat. Oh, question for you. Um, what have you heard? I don't know if you've seen it, but. What have you heard about Sleepless in Seattle? I have no idea what that is. 
with Tom Hanks? No, I mean, I've, I've probably heard the title, but I don't know what it is or what okay, it's about, it's like who's a, in it. So. It's Tom Hanks' Meg Ryan rom-com from the 90s, 80s or something like that. Does not ring a bell. Yeah, 1993. It's terrible. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, and Now, is it like bad as in it. Mason doesn't like it, but most people think it's great, or is it just bad from everyone? See, I think most people think it's great, but after I saw it, I texted my friend, who's like a little older than me, and just like she was, um, like she's more like she likes movies and stuff. Like she has really good taste and she knows about rom coms, but she's not like a you know girly girl who only watches rom coms or whatever. But I texted her. I was like, "Wow, I don't know if it's just me or this movie fucking sucks." And she's like, "Yeah, it's pretty bad." But I thought I thought this was like a classic, quote unquote. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a seventy-two, not too shabby. No, I mean like a more of a cultural, like you know, it's referenced yeah. and parodied and stuff, and it's like, oh, the scene where you know, it's like one of those just it's a people know the scene, but the movie, like I know this, so I knew the scene at the end with like on the Empire State Building, or whatever, but the movie itself is like horrible, and Meg Ryan's character, like the whole idea is that. Tom Hanks calls into this radio show, and he lives in Seattle because his wife dies, and he wants to change the scenery. And this girl in Baltimore, I think, is like, "Oh, he sounds cute." She stalks him, basically, like sounds literally, really like bad. he's playing with his son at the beach, and she's like standing behind a shed watching them. You know, it's like, mm. and then she dumps her fiance like on Valentine's Day in New York to go run to this guy she's never met. You know, it's just it's it's bad, and I just wasn't sure. Like, am I? S- Am I just finding out that what everybody else knows, or am I going against the grain and not realizing it? I don't know. Whatever. I think there are a lot of movies that are kind of considered classics that people just haven't watched in about fifteen years. Like, well, The Outsiders is the one that comes to mind for me. Oh come on, man! It's a bad movie. No, it's not. Have you watched it recently? I did. I watched it like a few months ago, last year. I remember watching that as a kid, and I thought it was awesome. It. I watched it again a couple years ago. It's bad. It's really. The acting just isn't that good. They're kid. They're playing. It looks they're kids like it looks like kids. it's. It oh. doesn't look. It's You're cheap being the way it looks shot. Bad. The writing feels like it's just like they didn't bother to write a script. They just took things out of the book. You but it doesn't suck. Work. You are the it just, worst. It's, it's a no. bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's fine. It's, it's not. It's fine. It's books, good. It's a very good great. movie. It's a great book. It's not a time a and place. It's a time and a place. The characters great. Acting's great. I love yes. Outsiders. I'll defend it any day. It's a bad movie. You have bad opinions. That's what's wrong. Very, very aggressive today. Um, so that's it for me. Next week we'll have Logan Lucky, and we talk about hot, some of our some heist movies and all that good stuff. And uh, <laughs> we'll see where this Joker story goes, because I'm sure, I'm sure DC knew like, oh, this people are gonna love this, right? It's like I I made the comparison on Twitter. It's like DC and Trump are kind of the same people. Like Trump's like, oh. If I fire Comey, everybody's going to be like, oh, great job. You know, we hate Comey because he did the – he released that – he made the announcement about the emails right before the election. He's like, Democrats will love me. Then he fires them. Everybody's like, what? Don't do that. And he's like, oh, man, shoot. Thought I had this one. And DC's the same way. They're like, people like Joker, right? People like Scorsese, right? Let's just announce this movie. And everybody's like, nope. It's just very – it's very similar. Very similar. But only one of those colluded with Russia. So – Josh, until next time, take it easy, my friend. (laughs) Later.
just the manic intensity of my thought process. I don't know. 